Boise Napa Institute are so grateful that so many of you out there uh, across the world are listening uh, from week to week. It's a humbling experience to, uh, to have you out there listening and to think that anything that we say might have some value to others is, is wonderful. Uh, we think also that it's important that our voices aren't the only voices out there. So we've created a Facebook page called the Come Follow Him Podcast Group. That's the name, Come Follow Him Podcast Group. And we hope that this might be a place for our audience members to come together and share some thoughts and insights from week to week. We would love for that to be maybe even an institute class for some of you that are 18 to 30 years old. Each week, we're gonna post a question relevant to the discussion that we had on the podcast. And we'd love to have each of you respond to the question or really any aspect of the discussion that we had. Once you respond there, someone from our institute will reach out after the first time you respond and find out if you wanna take this as a class to receive some institute credit. All you have to do is three things. One is every week you'd listen to the podcast, which you're already doing, so good job. Uh, second, log into the Facebook group. Again, that's the Come Follow Him podcast group. Find the question for the week, respond to that question, or again, make any comment you want based on the conversations we had, and you'd get credit for attending. We'll keep track of your comments, and if you've allowed us to register you for the online class, uh, we'd give you a credit for each week you participate in the discussion. And then anyone that uh, comments more than 75% of the time on posts that we put out there, uh, you'll get institute credit towards the class. So. Hopefully that's a, a resource for some of you out there with institutes far flung from you. We want that to be a, 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 an option for you. Uh, really, we want everyone out there to participate in this discussion uh, online. So no matter where you live, we'd love to hear your insights into the Come Follow Him conversations that we're having. And if you'd also like to institute credit, we can help you get that too. Either way, log into the Facebook page. Simply go to the search field and type Come Follow Him Facebook group. Again, that's the Come Follow Him Facebook group. We look forward to getting to know you all just a little bit better as we all learn to come follow him. Well, welcome back, everybody. It's good to be with you. Uh, excited to be with, I can say, a best friend of mine, Brother yes. Ike Stafford. Is that is that fair? Is that okay? Absolutely. Okay. I, I uh, You are my best friend. I'm sorry. If, if I'm not your best friend, I'm sorry. It's kind of cheesy, but, you know, we got like a thing. <laughs> uh, Brother Stafford and I have known each other for years, and our families are friends, and, and uh, just have served in callings together side by side, and and uh, just so blessed to finally have Brother Stafford down here at the Institute with us. So welcome, it's good to have you. Thank you, yes, and for all the listeners, your job is to get Matt Swenson, you get him to ride his bike with me to the Institute. <laughs> I've been trying to get him to do that for a while now. Well, and... maybe, maybe someday. So encourage him to do that, <laughs> if you know him, if you can contact him. Well, it's good to have you down here, Brother Stafford. We're excited to get your perspectives here today. Uh, we're going to be in Philippians and Colossians. That's right. Not Galatians. Uh, I had already recorded that episode and wasn't quite sure why we were going back to Galatians when uh, when I met with Brother Stafford here at the beginning here. But we're going to be in Colossians and Philippians and uh, looking forward to uh, seeing his insights there. Before we do, I uh, just want to put one more little plug in there uh, for getting on the Facebook page and, and uh following us there and finding some ways to interact with some others that are out there listening and, uh, as we uh, hit the thousand person a week mark listening to this it's uh, it's growing and we're having good experiences um, but uh, we'd love for you to be able to interact with us and yeah. interact with each other as well isn't it neat when you listen to the podcast and to be thinking about the listeners wherever they are yeah. It's, it's going to be neat as they start responding and sharing some of their experiences yeah. and getting to know them a little bit, virtually, really. But Yeah, it, it really is. And in fact, I um, just take a minute on this. Um, uh, 
I had a student in class today mention something that we had said in a prior podcast and brought it up as a topic idea in the conversation. And and it was kind of cool to think, oh, somebody heard something that we talked about that I wasn't even part of their experience with. But uh, but then another teacher came in and said they were talking to somebody last night at one of their classes and somebody else listened. I say that because it's a little bit odd. We have more listeners in the Wasatch Front than we have in the Boise area. Mm. Um, and there are about as many listeners in New York, I think, as there are in the Boise area right now. And so so we don't we don't have a lot of our own students even listening right now. It's probably because they know us and they're like, yeah, I'm not listening to you teach me about the church. <laughs> <laughs> Get you enough. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but no, exciting to have that opportunity to uh, to see you on the Facebook page and interact with you there a little bit maybe. And uh, if you're interested in getting class credit, you can institute. We can yeah. get you a credit for that and be kind of fun. So Yeah, any, anything to, to up the game and right. come closer to Christ. Yeah, yeah. yeah. partake in that. Exciting, exciting for that. I'm excited for you. You've got a baby coming in. How, how long? Well, by the time they listen to this, yeah. hopefully the baby will be delivered. That's the hope, but, right? Yeah, so my wife is expecting here within the next nine days. Didn't, didn't I hear the last baby you had, though, went... Yeah, the last two were both two weeks over. Two weeks over. Yeah, Holy so. cow. Yeah. And, and that, that is significant. You, you have a few children. Yeah. Do you want to share how many children you have here with <laughs> I us? I would love to. I'm, yes, I'm, I'm very pleased. The Lord's been so generous. Yeah. Matthew, as you know, has been so generous with me. And we have nine children. This will be our tenth. Tenth and, child. Yeah. Just a blessing to the, to the earth, you and your family. Oh, yeah. Beautiful wife and all that you provide and offer. And she is remarkable. Excited. She is totally remarkable. And I like my kids, too. Yeah. I'll keep them. Yeah. Well, uh, all that said, exciting to be with you today. Uh, looking forward to, to talking with you. One of the things I like about having Brother Stafford on with us is when I ask him at the beginning, what, do you, what are we going to talk about? He's like, I'll ask you some questions. And he kind of leaves yeah. me hanging, so I don't, get a, I don't get a whole lot of prep time for it. That's but. right. Shooting from the hip. <laughs> it's good. Well, let's do it. Let's just jump in. Uh, Philippians, is that where we're starting? Sure, let's start in Philippians. Okay. And can I ask you a question? Here it comes. See, I told you. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's start with this one. Okay. And you'd be thinking of, of an experience to share. Okay. A time when you have seen somebody else be... I'm going to be very specific. Okay. A time when you have seen somebody else speak kindly about another person when it would have been easy to not speak kindly about another person. Ooh, okay. okay, I mean very specific. So yeah, you might that have is. To, that's very specific. You yeah. might have. You might have. We'll process. Yeah, you might have we'll to process, process that. that for a minute. And okay. can I start with with a story? Sure. Is that okay? Yeah, let's start. So about my my father. So yeah. when I was growing up, so I grew up in the Seattle area, and um, my my mother's parents still living in Salt Lake back in those days, and and so once a year we would make the trek. We would drive from Seattle down to Salt Lake, and we'd spend a week there. One of our trips down there, I was probably nine, maybe 10 years old. When we were gone, some of the neighborhood kids had broken into our home and didn't steal anything. I don't think there was anything mm. worth stealing in our mm -hmm. home. But they had broken in and they'd made kind of a disgusting mess in one of, in one of the areas of our home. Mm. And it was, it was gross and, and we were kind of upset about it and I was totally enraged, you know. <laughs> I was gonna find out who did this. And, and uh, to try to abbreviate this story, I had found out who had done it. And again, nothing, nothing broken or destroyed or, or stolen, just, just a mess made, and it was gross. And, and uh, I had found out who had done it, and I was certain of who I knew who had done it. And, and so I waited until my dad got home from work. And my dad got home from work, and I said, Dad, I know who did it. It was, 
and we'll just call him Johnny. Mm -hmm. His name is not Johnny, but we'll just call him Johnny for this, for, for my purposes. I said, Johnny is the one who broke in and made this mess, and, yeah. and he did this. And, yeah. and my dad said, okay, go ask. Is, go see if Johnny's home, and if he's home, go ask him to come see me. Mm. And so I marched down to, to Johnny's house. He lived around the corner, marched down to Johnny's house, and, and, uh, and, I, and you know, knock on his door, and Johnny, my dad wants to see you. And, and uh, he's, now you're gonna get it. I didn't say anything to him, but I was thinking that. Anyways, he, um, he comes back, it surprises me that he did this, but he came back to my house, and, and my dad greeted him there at the, the edge of the driveway and, and said, hey, Johnny, again, not his name, but Johnny, um, I was gonna take Isaac down that's what we called me then. We call me Ike now. But Isaac, I was going to take Isaac down to Dairy Queen to get an, an ice cream cone. Would you like to join us? Mm -hmm. And he said, really? I said, yeah. He said, join us. And he said, well, let me go ask my... He lived with his grandparents. Let me go ask my grandparents. And he came back a few minutes later. They said I could go. And so we went to Dairy Queen and we got an ice cream cone. And my dad just asked him all kinds of questions and just treated him like part of the family. Trying to get to know him. So anyways, so we dropped Johnny off. <laughs> and then I'm like, Dad, what was that all about? Yeah. Like, this is the guy who did this. Right. Like, you didn't even talk <laughs> about that, Dad. You know, and my father, um, it, this is one of my favorite stories about my dad, but it, it just shows his character. But my father, he just, he just started asking me some questions. He said, you know, what are, what are Johnny's life circumstances like? Mm. You know, how often do you think he gets to go get an ice cream cone? What are mm. some of these things? And he started to help me change my perspective about Johnny, and then he said a couple of nice things about Johnny. And and that was the end of the, that experience. Mm. And you can imagine what happened with Johnny. Like, Johnny was forever. Sure. We never, ever had any problems with Johnny ever yeah, again sure. after that. Right, yeah. So the reason I bring this up is because I want to start in uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse number 8. You want okay. to go ahead and read that? Philippians 4, you 8. You might be familiar with this. Okay, I'm ready. I'm in. Go for it. Philippians 4, 8. Yep, and Paul has given counsel to the Philippians. He's basically given them a, for lack of a better term, he gives them a laundry list of things they should and shouldn't be doing. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. It says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Hmm. Sounded familiar. Very familiar. Yes, why? Article of faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There it is. Hmm. Now, the reason I want to bring this up in the story of my dad is our prophet, most recent conference, his primary message, or from, his, from the, the longer talk he gave, Peacemakers Needed. Do you want to read that for yeah. us? Yeah, I'd love to. My dear brothers and sisters, how we treat each other really matters. How we speak to and about others at home, at church, at work, and online really matters. Today I am asking us to interact with others in a higher, holier way. Please listen carefully. If there is anything virtuous, lovely, or of good report or praiseworthy that we can say about another person, whether to his face or behind her back, that should be our standard of communication. Stop there. Okay. Can I ask you a question about that? Mm -hmm. Okay, so this is Paul's advice and then supplemented by President Nelson. Yeah. Virtuous, lovely, or good report or praiseworthy that we can say about another person, whether to his face or behind his back, mm -hmm. that should be our standard of yeah. communication. What are your thoughts? Yeah, that's hard. 
it's so hard. It's, it's hard with people that you're struggling with for lots of different reasons, whatever the reasons might be. Um, and it requires slower thinking. I think um, surface thinking would, or maybe deeper thinking is a better mm -hmm. way to say it. Um, <clears throat> surface thinking will be knee-jerk reaction, will be an effect, uh, will be affected by the, uh, the actions that they have taken against you or whatever, whatever offense you've taken. Deeper thinking will cause you to ponder on reasons maybe they are acting the way they are. Yeah. Uh, experiences that you know about in their life that might be, maybe have painted uh, how they're acting. Um, it, it may even prompt you to consider things that maybe you're even making up in your head, but that are probably true based on what you know about that person, right? But you're assigning to them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, let, let me give you an example of that. Um, we know some people, my wife and I, who uh, their marriage is kind of rough, hard marriage. Um, lots of experiences in the, in the last 30, 40 years that, that have made it harder. And um, just recently, we uh, have been, my wife and I were talking, laying in bed and having a conversation about this couple. And, and um, you know, it was interesting because some of the actions they have taken or... Um, some of the behaviors that we have seen, uh, I'm gonna use the word perpetrated against us mm -hmm. even, um, have been done in a way that were so offensive. Um, but as we laid there and we thought about their marriage and what, what that marriage looks like, even in the setting we were in, laying in bed and having a conversation, we know that doesn't happen in their marriage. They don't counsel together. They don't get that opportunity. And so they don't, they don't bounce things off of each other before they are out publicly promoting whatever their thing is, right? And, um, and because they don't have that interaction, it changed how I... Uh, I, I now, I, I don't know that they never talk, right? But I know that that interaction at 10.30 at night, interacting calmly, rationally, um, with with doctrines and principles being part of the discussion, I know that doesn't happen, um, just because of some other circumstances in their life, and and uh, and and so I'm inferring some things by uh, maybe coming to a new understanding about that couple, but I also it, it's a pretty educated inference, um, and because of that new knowledge that I gained in just laying there thinking and talking with my wife about it. I'm a little more patient, a little more understanding of maybe why the, the discussions have gone the way they've gone or the reactions have been the way they are because they aren't uh, functioning as a cohesive unit. They're not one. So we get differing perspectives from both of them. And Anyway, it just has been a little bit uh, uh, interesting to, to step back, look at a circumstance in my own life um, and find something that is virtuous in them, right? That they are good, trying, but mm -hmm. they're missing some components of strength. And so they're just, they're struggling a little. And I, I can be offended by them if I don't slow my thoughts down and process a little differently. Okay, so I'm gonna ask you a follow-up question. Okay. But it's, it's based in the scripture block. We haven't read okay. very much from the scripture yep, no, block. Yep, I'm with you. But one of the things I love about Paul's writings, particularly here, is his focus on the Savior. 
like he every corner he turns there is focus on Christ mm -hmm. and he just uses the language of Christ and yeah. because of Christ this this and you know that that experience that you just shared with a lot of people right yeah. now what role has Jesus Christ played in that um, that's a great question a, a lot of roles <laughs> I think if I if I'm willing to concede the atonement is applicable to all right that that each of them in that marriage, in that couple relationship, uh, are being suckered at their level, in their need. They're receiving counsel and direction based on the best they have. Uh, my wife and I, in a very similar way, are being given counsel and direction to, uh, and probably an enabling power to be less offended. Yeah. Um, and so the Savior, I think, is all over. He is. If I'm willing to look for Him, right? Yeah. yeah, I agree 100%. I love how you brought that in. Like, even his enabling power allowing you and, and your wife to be less offended. Like, yeah. he's... Yeah. Because the natural part of me just wants to lay into him, right? And Which I know isn't right. I wouldn't do. Um, but but it's it's hard to to you, look a little deeper. You still, to, have, you still have natural man inclinations? No, not very many. It's this one. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, I haven't seen any of those. Yeah, it's just this one. <laughs> Yeah, you talked about, um, you brought in unity. You talked about yeah. unity. And so I had, wasn't totally prepared to do this, but let's go and talk and see what Paul says to sure. the saints about being unified. So yeah. let's, let's start in Philippians 1.27. Okay. Let's have a little discussion on unity. Okay. And, and maybe bring this back into President Nelson and our standard of discussion. One uh, twenty-seven. go ahead. Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ. We probably got to stop there for a second, yeah. don't we? Yeah. Do you want to comment on that or should we no, just move go, on? I think it's good. I think, you know, obviously telling us, maybe it's just worded a little bit funny. Only let your conversations be as it becometh the gospel of Christ, as it, as it points to Christ, as it mm -hmm. uh, is, is Christ-like even maybe, just our, com our conduct yeah. more than probably only our conversations. Yeah, and I think it's interesting that he uses that language, conversation, because that's President Nelson again saying our standard of conversation should yeah. be anything that's uplifting, right? President Nelson doesn't say the thoughts. Mm. You know, he says our standard of communication should be, the language should be anything that's uplifting about another. Yeah, that's good. And then that becometh, only let your communication be as it becometh. Mm -hmm. I think that's like the old school language of, it's very becoming of you. Right, Just yeah. like the suit that you're wearing right now. It's very becoming Thank you. Thank you, Mike. of you. For the listeners, you can't see it's a very yeah. nice blue suit mm -hmm. with a complimented with the green tie. Thank it's you. very nice. Thank you. Appreciate that. I'm, it's I'm, becoming. Uh, yeah, it's becoming of you. <laughs> and you can pull off the green tie. I haven't been Thank able to do that. Really? That's, yeah, I'll, I'll well, find a green tie sometime. You know, I do what I can. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted you. Keep going. No, no, I, I like it. Let's keep going. That whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that ye stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. So that's what he's wanting for them. Mm -hmm. Being one. One mind, striving together, stand fast. Hmm. Love that language. Now, chapter 2, verse number 2. Okay. By the way, did we talk about where... Paul is right now. No, bring it, bring us uh, up to speed there. Yeah, so I'll be honest. I'm by no means a historian on this, but sure. what I know is that he's in Rome in prison. Yeah, which is really remarkable because the epistle to the Philippians, in particular, is really, really positive. Yeah, 
and it's like so awesome and it's so uplifting. <laughs> well, right? he's in jail. And he's in prison. <laughs> and some of the things he says, he's like, yeah, you know, I, sometimes I think about like, it would just be easier to die and go be with Christ, right. but then I want to go hang out with you guys. Yeah. He's just so positive. Yeah. And uh, in fact, talking about his, talking about the people who are housing him as a prisoner, yeah. right? he's just, he doesn't say anything negative. It's all positive. But again, yeah. the council, um, chapter 2 from Philippians, verse 2. Go ahead. Fulfill ye my joy, that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Can I, can I just add verse 4? No, you may not. <laughs> yeah, of course. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. It, it, it all, almost speaks of... Uh, living a consecrated life and mm -hmm. looking at what Brother Stafford has and being so glad that he has what he has and not so angry that I don't have what Brother Stafford has, right? He, he's teaching us to live a higher and holier way of being one-minded, uh, unified in, in our efforts to be like Christ, right? I think the challenge, though, Brother Stafford, is when others aren't, when others aren't trying to be like Christ. It's so difficult, I think, to... Um, Oh, man, there's an assumption in what I just said there, isn't there, though? That my assumption is that they aren't trying, right? That, that they aren't. And, and I, my mind goes to people right now in my life that, that I have some struggles with, and, and I know that they're good people, and I, I just can't believe that they're not trying, they're not doing their best. But it's so difficult. It's easy when it's you and me and we both do this for a living and we, mm -hmm. we get to hang out with our families that are so like-minded and we're yeah. so similar in a lot of ways. Uh, the difference is we can look at and be like, oh man, I'm so glad he's that way. It helps me get better in that thing, right? But when it's the other direction, when it's someone that's so far out of the, out of the box, that uh, yeah. uh, that's when it gets harder, I think, at least for me. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. I'm reminded, and I wasn't prepared to talk about this, and so for the listeners out there, I, forgive me if what I tell right now is inaccurate, but I believe it was Elder Renland okay. tells the story of um, and maybe it isn't even in a general conference talk, but of these, these saints, and, and I don't even think they were saints, these individuals in Africa mm. who were all, um, had either disabilities or due to their age circumstance, they, they couldn't have a, they couldn't get to the toilet. Mm. And so there was this charitable organization that came in and they had some, like just a limited number of toilets mm. that could be used for these, these group of people. So all these people gathered together to see who's going to get the toilets and they don't know who's going to get them. Right. Have you heard this story? No. Do you remember this? No, keep telling. I'm probably making it very inaccurate. <laughs> but the, that, wait, even, this is where the Facebook page helps. Somebody look it up yep, and tell us where we should, me where, what we should where have the, quoted. Yes. <laughs> if nothing else, it, even if it's a fabricated story, it, yeah. there's a benefit to it. But all these, these group of um, these Africans who are all in great need, yeah. and there's a limited resource, they see when they announce who gets these, hmm. this great resource, this toilet, all of them. All of them, with one accord, just erupt in, huh. in applause and in joy, and, and it's a genuine joy that one of them is now, their life is going to be substantially improved, mm. right? Even though they themselves are not going to get it, right? And then even with the very last one, you would expect that the last one, all of them would be like, oh. Yeah. But no, they are celebrating for that person who's going to get something awesome. Yeah, I really love that. And maybe it helps me answer my own uh, rebuttal to my statement that, that if I am more like Christ... If I, the closer I become to Christ-like, the less I will see others' faults. Uh, 
-hmm. I might recognize them more, but the less I will see them and be offended by them or be affected by them. Um, just like those people, right, who are, who were, who were not given this great benefit. As a very Christ-like people, they can see value in someone else having something they don't have, and um, I, I think there's a lot of wisdom in that. It's a great story. I love that. Whoever it was, all the Ramlander, whoever, <laughs> whether it happened. Or not. Hopefully, hopefully, got a, hopefully it's out there somewhere. Yeah, that's great. Well, I actually told that story to my kids, <laughs> and uh, to this day, if you were to say to one of my kids. Are you going to give them your toilet? <laughs> they would know. They would know would what they that. Really? Yeah. I might try At least that. the older ones. I don't know about the younger ones. That's but, cool. Uh, but yeah, we still use that in our family. Uh, I like that. Just a couple things maybe since we're right here on yeah, chapter please. two. Let this mind be in you. Where are you? This is verse five. Oh, verse five. Yep. yep. Uh, chapter two, Philippians. Yep. Chapter two, verse five. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And then look at the next verse. Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. You know, the, one of my uh, pet projects, I think, as I, as I teach is to find places in the New Testament in particular where we learn about the early Christian view of the Godhead. And, um, you know, the, the, the Trinity concept that so many of our Christian brothers and sisters believe in was, was really a later Christian um, philosophy that mm -hmm. came about because of the Nicene Creed and some things that have happened 300 years maybe after uh, Christ's birth. But this kind of verse to me is a proof that early Christians um, didn't think it a problem that Christ could be equal with his Father. That even though as a mortal he wasn't yet, Christ wouldn't have even claimed himself perfect yet, doesn't claim himself perfect, um, but he, but verse 6, who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God. I think there's uh, some important components of who Christ was, the nature of Christ, the nature of the Godhead taught as we look closer at what Paul said and the way that he said it. Yeah. Uh, because it just helps us recognize, okay, we're the doctrines that we believe in and, and what we know to be true is right. And we can even see evidence of it here in the in the book of the Philippians. Isn't that neat? Yeah. Isn't that cool. so neat? And while we're there in those verses, yeah. by the way, you haven't responded to the question. I uh, haven't. And so let's see if we can tie that in. Yeah. If you've got an experience. I do. But verse 7, talking about Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. but made himself Jesus of no reputation mm -hmm. and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of man. Mm -hmm. One of the other questions I prepared is, when have you seen somebody act like this in mm. this Christ-like way of making some them, themselves the servant? Mm. And uh, well, that's a, that's a way easier question for me. Um, <laughs> Do you want to answer that one? Yeah, let me let we'll, me just we'll let the, get that. Yeah, the <laughs> listeners can grapple with the other question. Yeah. So uh, both of our former institute directors, Brother Edwards and, and Brother Felix, currently um, are examples to me of Christ-like leadership because they serve. Mm. Uh, yeah. our, our regional director, I think, is an example of that. Uh, Brother Perry, uh, who, uh, when we do anything as a region, he's the one serving food and helping with. I remember our Area 70, who's also the area director of Seminary and Institute, his name's Zach Evans. Um, he is a just fantastic 
man, friend of ours, but, but serving in some high capacities in the church right now. And I remember we did a really large conference a year or two ago. And he was the visiting authority in the, okay. in the conference, right? Zach Evans? Yes. Yeah. And we got to um, the end of the conference and, you know, you clean the building before you leave and whatnot. And I remember coming around the back of the building and Zach Evans having gloves on and sleeves rolled up. He's wearing his suit, sleeves rolled up, mopping out the bathroom. And I just thought, oh, man, of all the people who didn't have to do this, no one would have thought, I wonder why Elder Evans didn't stick around, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and not only that, you see it in, in even the apostles. Elder, Elder Gong came and visited us a couple of years back. And uh, the choir got to sit on the stand with him as he was speaking to the young adults in the valley. And uh, we, we had a meeting with him. We got to have a meeting with him beforehand, and, and it was just a small group of people in Elder Gong. And, and he excused himself from the meeting uh, at the very end, right before we were going to have a meal together. And, and we just assumed he needed to use the restroom or something, and so he, he left the room. And, and uh, by the time we got into the room where dinner was being served, he'd put an apron on and was standing behind the table <laughs> serving the meal to those of us who would put a meal together for him, right? It, it just felt so wrong to have my plate filled by Elder Gong. But uh, again, Elder, uh, all of the apostles, I think, are, are proofs of that uh, example. Uh, Brendan Felix, uh, who is our current institute director, he's the last one out and cleaning up and helping and, and serving is. and just looking for ways he can lift and help others. Uh, Brother Edwards, I remember as Brother Edwards uh, served around us so often, a stake president who was always with the young people. He had so much on his plate, but if there was an opportunity to be with the young people and to just serve and lift and barbecue at a grill or, or stand in the kitchen and serve food, he was there doing that first and foremost. And uh, So that's an easy question for me, and as maybe, maybe in this assignment uh, that we get to serve in in our, in our employment, we we rub elbows with people that are much like that. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's, cool to be, it's cool to be around them. Grateful for that. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. I think about the Savior, and, you know, I love that imagery, and hopefully the listeners can capture that imagery too, but, like, you holding out your plate for a meal oh. that you prepared for Elder Gong, and the Elder <laughs> Gong is the one serving it oh, to yeah. you. Oh, yeah. It was like, oh, my head was, like, hanging. I was like, thank you, Elder Gong. I should have gotten in here first and served you. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, but I think about the Savior. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Would he not be doing the same thing? Yep. And, and I just think about my own self. Like, if the Savior were to serve me a meal, like, what, how meaningful would that be to mm. me mm-hmm. to be able to accept that from him? Yeah. And, yeah, pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. Last one to eat. Yeah. Do we look at each other that way, though? Do we look at... You know, it's, it's easier to see it when it's a stake president or it's Area 70, mm-hmm. Elder Evans, or it's Elder Gong. Do I see the same thing when it's my wife? Do I mm-hmm. wait to eat for her to eat? Do I help her with her plate? Do I offer to provide her plate for I mean, all of those things should be true for the, uh, the people that we don't put on a pedestal. And yet, it's easier to see it in those that we put on a pedestal. Yeah. Interesting. Good. Good thoughts. Yeah. I think I love to go deeper into that. Yeah, yeah. But let's keep going in here. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, can we? Well, while we're here talking about the Savior True. and His character, let's just keep reading um, verse eight. So we're we're in Philippians two still, yep. verse eight. 
me. And being found in fashion as a man, mm -hmm. he humbled himself and became obedient unto death. Mm -hmm. I just love that language that Paul uses, obedient unto death. Mm -hmm. Of course, the Savior being perfectly obedient in all things. And then I continue in the verse, even the death of the cross. Mm -hmm. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. Hmm. Ooh. And maybe we'll come back to these verses. Do you want to keep going with these verses? Because they're just so it's good as a perfect example to, to Christ. It's a perfect example. Um, and, and I like I like 10, maybe just to go on. Yeah, that, keep going. That, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. I like the word should. And, and, and maybe we can get too wrapped up into the use of should or shall or whatever, but but God doesn't force us, right? I think I think when Christ comes back, everybody on earth will bow <laughs> by virtue of just the deity standing in front of you, right? Ah, yes. Um, but, but this verse allows agency, allows for me to learn of him and know of him and choose to bow. Uh, I just like the word should in verse 10 there. I think that's important. Um, you got to read 11 too. If you yeah. read 10, you got to go 11 yeah. too. Go ahead. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord to the glory of God the Father. Yeah, I, I think you're right. There's, uh, you can't do one without the other, right? Verse 13, For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. And that's that, that speaking of our agency, right? That we allow God to work within us to change our, our actions and to change our desires, our will, yeah. right? That's really interesting because, you know, in preparation for this experience on a podcast, uh, reviewing the Come Follow Me materials, mm -hmm. there's a heavy focus on that, on yeah. that change and, yeah. and the Savior changing us. Well, and, and, and what you started us here today with in discussing being unified and to be, um, to be nice even if nice isn't the natural reaction, right? That, that those are all significant changes that are required in each of us. And I think it's important as we have that conversation to recognize that I can be Christ-like. I can have a Christ-like perspective on someone and still not put myself around them. Yeah. Uh, still not uh, engage in uh, activities or social settings or environments where toxic is present. I can still think of them as Christ would think of them and still have a separation in where, where and when necessary. Uh, still have that appropriate boundary. Yeah. Can we take one step back and talk sure. about that forgiveness? Yeah, let's, yeah. Go to, let's go to Colossians. Okay. Okay, so again, you know, Paul clearly, one of his, his themes and one of the things he really wants is for them to be unified. Mm -hmm. But let's go to Colossians chapter three and let's just pluck a verse here. That's maybe two verses, um, twelve and thirteen. Mm -hmm. Let's just let's just ask you this question: What do twelve and thirteen have to do with the principles that you were just teaching us? Yeah, why don't okay. you read them and tell yeah, us? Okay. Put on therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long suffering, forbearing one another, and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any. Even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. 
and well, maybe 14 if I can yeah, be 14, 14 too, and above yeah. all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness, mm-hmm. right? I, I, think about, I think about Christ nailed to the cross and begging for the Father to forgive those that had done what they were doing, right? It didn't change his circumstance. Given an option to get off the cross and mm-hmm. let them have them get him down, he would have, well, maybe he's Christ, he wouldn't have chosen that because he knew what he had to do, right? But, but given an option for those people to repent of what they were doing and, and do it differently, I think he would have wanted them to do that. Yeah. Uh, although he had to accomplish what he was there to do. Um, and yet, he was willing to forgive. He was willing to, um, I think of him standing in front of uh, Pilate and, you know, that the, the arrogance of asking him if he's a king and, the, you know, to, to try to understand who he was and, and maybe not arrogant, maybe just trying to figure him out as yeah. a, as a yeah. political leader and, uh, and or those that were spitting in his face. And, and, and yet... Um, he didn't condone, condone the behavior. He would have requested the behavior to be different. Correct. Um, he would have left it given an option. Yeah. But forgave yeah. in the moment. Right? And, and all these things that we just pointed to, right? Uh, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness, uh, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing, forgiving. Uh, I think it's possible to have all those things and still recognize there are places and people that are harmful yeah, because of just what they're choosing. Can I comment on what you're saying? Please. Yeah, so the, the two things I really liked what you talked about is you took us back to that experience where the Savior is forgiving while he's in excruciating pain right? yeah. and, and, and asking the Father to, to forgive them. And then, you know, at the bottom of verse number, or the very end of verse number 13, it, it, you know, basically what Paul's saying is forgive others even as Christ forgave you. Mm-hmm. Right? That's where we... Obviously, gaining strength to forgive, a lot of times it takes time and mm. it takes a lot of mm-hmm. buildup of faith and str- strength and courage. Yeah. But the strength and courage comes from Christ right. that He has forgiven us. Not only has He forgiven us, but He's forgiven others. Yeah. He is the source of that strength to forgive in those circumstances. Yeah, and I think if we think, if we think eternally, we think through the plan of salvation, choice to, to go contrary to what Christ would do caused the fall in the beginning, right? It caused it caused the third of the host of heaven mm-hmm. to be cast out. There was a choice made that separated um, the righteous from the unrighteous. Same happened on, on earth when we when the fall happened, right? The separation from God had to happen because of that choice. And we think through the judgment, and that choice will also be uh, freely allowed for those that are choosing to be something else. Correct, yeah. And it causes a separation from the Savior. It causes a separation from God. It will cause a separation from you and I. That someone would choose to act in such a way that their actions are contrary to what Christ would do will separate them. I'm not the one to decide how it will separate them. But on earth, I think in a similar way, when I know that circumstances are such currently that uh, the environment I would put myself in to be with someone mm-hmm. um, would actually be detrimental to my myself or my family or my spirit or or whatever I think it's okay to, yeah. to allow that separation to exist for the time 
that it is necessary uh, for those struggling to, to learn and to grow and to develop. Obviously still forgiving and being willing to help when asked and all those things are true. Um, and not a permanent door closing on someone ever because that would be more like a final judgment that we aren't asked to do. But to judge, Elder Oaks has called it intermediate judgment, um, to say this circumstance right now isn't healthy yeah. and, and I'm going to keep my family from that circumstance. I think we do that all the time. But it's hard when it's loved ones or it's people that we've had good relationships with before. That is hard, yeah. Um, as you're speaking, I'm thinking about President Nelson and his, again, his most recent yeah. talk saying, quote, and I'm quoting him now, now I'm not talking about peace at any price. This is in Peacemakers Wanted. Yep. Peacemakers, peacemakers Needed. Yep. Needed, right. Now I'm not talking about peace at any price. I'm talking about treating others in ways that are consistent with keeping the covenant you make when you partake of the sacrament. Mm. Right, now I'm going to supplement that with, with an article um, from... This is from the Gospel Living. This is from March 16th, 2022. Sure. Um, but basically talking about forgiveness. And um, there's a quote in here. This is from the church's website. Um, forgiveness doesn't mean that things automatically go back to the way they were before. Hmm. We should learn from our experiences. We can work toward forgiving someone and still feel prompted by the Spirit to stay away from them. Yeah. And then there's... A, Quote, um, as Elder Jeffrey R. Holland put it, the Lord, quote, did not say, in order to forgive fully, you have to re-enter a toxic relationship or yeah. return to an abusive, destructive circumstance, yeah. end quote. Yeah. And then to quote the article again, so don't be afraid to set some boundaries. This means saying no to activities and people who hurt you. Instead, say yes to those who inspire and build you up. And I think that's the key, right? It's the key to identify people who inspire and build you up and put yourself there. At the same time, you should build up others. You should inspire and build up others. And so yeah. there might be an opportunity for you to be in a place where you're the one that people are inspired and being built up by. I think that's okay, as long as it's not diminishing you um, in a way that is, is harmful to you when you leave. Um, that, that you come away feeling less than. Um, I've had children go to youth activities that were not supportive, that were not supportive of my children. Mm -hmm. And when they come home, I think, well, this was not, this was not family focused and church supported, right? It was not, it was contrary to that. And, and in those environments, I, I would be okay with my child not going mm -hmm. if that's the continuing uh, behavior in those, even the church level activity, right? Um, but, Ultimately, I think, and, and most often, that's not true. Um, that's an exception. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, a, that's a rarity, I think, within church activities. Unless we've placed ourselves in the environment of the few in a ward who are consistently in that negative space and in that space to knock others down. And I think sometimes that's true. I think they tend to find each other. And uh, I say they, I, we. I'm, I'm, a, I'm sometimes <laughs> super negative, and I, uh, you know me, Ike. I, I can uh, I can delve into the problems a little too long. No, no, no. But um, but I think there's something important here. Yeah. To discuss there, but but the message of Paul, and maybe we need to come back to the positive that that generally and overall, I should forgive everyone. I should be willing to yeah. give them a second chance. I should be willing to say yeah. the atonement works in your life like it works in mine. I hope it's changed you since the last interaction we had that was so negative. 
right? I should generally be allowed to allowing that atonement to work for everybody, um, and 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 allowing for their change as much as I want the Savior to change me. Yeah. Right. And that whole process. That reminds me of Philippians chapter 1. Can we go all the way back there? Yeah, yeah. For listeners, I'm sorry, we're bouncing around it's just all over the place here. <laughs> but again, Paul's, Paul's in Rome. He's in prison. Philippians 1. Yeah. He wants the Philippians to understand something. My guess is that most of the Philippians are back home saying, this is terrible. The Romans have got Paul. And yeah. This is horrible. Right, and yeah. how, can this, how could God let this happen? Probably, right? yeah. Or at least possibly, right? Verse 12 of Philippians 1. But I would ye should understand, brethren, that the things which happened unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel. Hmm. This is actually a benefit. This is actually a good thing, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that the bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace and in all other places. Where is, what? What palace is he talking about? The palace where the prison exists. <laughs> yeah. But I, maybe that's what it, maybe that's a reference to it. But I assume he means some people in high places yeah. in Rome. Right. I'm assuming that's yeah. what he means. And, yeah. and, and he continues, 14, And many of the brethren in the Lord, waxing confident by my bonds, are much more bold to speak the words without fear. Wow, yeah. So it's having an influence on others. And he continues, and he's saying that some people preach the gospel of Jesus Christ for bad reasons. Mm. But he's basically saying, that's okay. You jump down to verse 18. What then, notwithstanding every way, whether they preach the gospel in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached, and I therein do rejoice, yea, and mm. I will rejoice. Mm. So Paul's saying, this is good stuff. And... I know you want to comment. Can I just yeah, tie this going. in? Yeah, to, I think it's really fascinating. The very end of chapter 4 of Philippians, the very end of his, his um, epistle to the sure. Philippians, ver, the second to last verse, 22 from chapter 4. All the saints salute you, chiefly they that are of Caesar's household. Hmm. What? Hmm. So the people in Caesar's household are saluting the saints who are of Caesar's household. How are there saints who are of Caesar's household? I assume it's because Paul has some sort of connection, some sort of influence there in Rome and is able to interact with these individuals. Yeah, we know by the end of Paul's life, he's, he's going to have and has had probably in some of the uh, scriptures that we've already read in the New Testament, interactions with political leaders who almost believe, right? That just almost persuade me to be a Christian? Yeah. yeah. Who almost believe. And so how influential has he been? in those imprisoned days um, to, well, and even what he's doing right here, right? He's, he's, he's literally writing a letter of gratitude and affection to cheer them up at the disappointment of his imprisonment. <laughs> yep. I mean, right? Like, wow. <laughs> he, is, he is doing nothing if not uh, lifting others while he's in a situation where he shouldn't be. Right, Und totally undeserved. Yeah, yeah, and so and so to go back to maybe what we were talking about in the negative that that if you can, if you can find positive, um, if you can set aside the uh, the topical thoughts of why someone has acted and why someone is, what will happen is you will think deeper 
about their circumstance. You will learn of them. You will get to know them. You will understand more. I think the Spirit can teach you. That's how the Savior worked, right? The Savior knew mm -hmm. stuff about people because the Spirit taught him. I don't think the Savior was unique in that. I think we have the capacity to be taught by the Spirit. Maybe not the detail, um, but but enough to know and to be prompted to think, oh, that couple doesn't have a pretty typical good husband and wife interaction at the end of the night that would clarify and correct, right? Going back to my, my conversation before. And I think the Spirit prompts those kinds of thinkings so it slows me down in my offense and slows me down in, and I can act differently. Yeah. I, can, I can act more Christ-like, I can be more forgiving. Um, but again, I think it's an enabling power that you have to seek. It's part of the atonement that comes only when you've sought it. Um, not just in the forgiving of someone, but the, uh, the power to be forgiving and feel forgiving um, and recognize more than you naturally can see with your own eyes. Oh, that's so good. Okay, I'm going to tie what you just talked back in and back into President Nelson's most recent conference talk. Good. Peacemakers uh, needed. You know, and maybe I can tell a, a brief personal experience with this, but, you know, and listeners probably don't know this, but you know this, I have a, a background in basketball, and yep. there was a time in my life where I had decided that my conduct, in particular, towards referees, was totally unacceptable and totally not Christ-like. <laughs> but back to this idea of President Nelson saying, not peace at any price, you know, living up to our covenant. Right. I didn't read the next part. He says, you covenant to always remember the Savior. Mm. That's what we covenant with our, yeah. with, when we partake of the sacrament. In situations that are highly charged and filled with contention, I invite you to remember Jesus Christ. Yeah. So you're talking, you know, the language you used was slowing things down and thinking about it, mm -hmm. right? So at this, go back to my personal experience, when I had decided that my conduct towards the referees was unacceptable and unchristlike. I would try various things to not allow myself to be non-Christ-like. Mm. And the, one of the things I used to do, I, this may sound silly, any of you who are participate in sports, you might think it's a little silly, but um, every time I heard the whistle in, in a game, a basketball, so a referee would blow the whistle and stop mm -hmm. the game, then I would try to say a brief silent prayer and try to think about Jesus. No They're way. on the basketball court. <laughs> and, and you can imagine what that does. You know, again, to use your language, it slowed things down. I thought about the Savior, yeah. and regardless of what, you yeah. know, what my habits were of, you know, complaining about what the referee was doing, yeah. it made me refocus on Jesus, yeah. and then my conduct was refocused. It's interesting, and I and I don't necessarily want you to speak on this, but but in games where you felt like the referee was against your team, mm -hmm. I wonder if that's a harder experience to. Again, I don't want you to, I don't want you to have to admit to it, but but it make it makes me think this. I can the reason I say that is I loved President Nelson's talk. I think mm -hmm. it is so needed and so valued and so exactly what the world needed to hear six months ago. I'm excited about what we're getting uh, in a couple of weeks. Yeah. We're recording this before um, conference, so those oh, of you yeah. listening this, uh, you're going to have already known what President Nelson right. said next, right? So when I said most recent, yeah, it by was, the time they'll hear this. Yeah, this, this was two ago. Oh, right? whoops. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but what I think is so important to remember is kind of in line with what we're talking about, and, and not to change or correct or to, to redirect President Nelson's comments, because that's exactly what we need. 
But we also live in a time where people take advantage of people. Um, where, and I think President Nelson would, would I don't, I shouldn't, I shouldn't say what he would do, right? <laughs> but, but I think he would recognize that um, as much as he, we need peacemakers, we need intelligent peacemakers who are able to assess a situation, look at whether um, continuing to act and put yourself in that space yeah, and yeah. to right is is really what the savior would do not just blanket statement what would jesus do and he would always just give someone a hug and tell them he loves them which right. is i think probably true on the on the surface but then he would get into the problems and address the issues right right and you know putting yourself in that situation is also not necessarily while it might not be the best thing for you it also in a lot of cases is not the best thing for that individual for sure who is who is abusing or yeah or misusing your your relationship however you want to term that right yeah. like the savior right. the savior is not just about helping us feel loved he's about helping us progress and become more yeah. like him yeah and so it's, sometimes that's a hard conversation or sometimes that's a withholding of help of right and, and that and that is exactly what peter's dealing with here right being in jail paul yeah or sorry paul yeah. being in jail and having um having having been treated poorly um over and over and over and over and over again and yet how's he acting he, in his current circumstance he's not feeling like he's um uh, being put upon so much that he can't lift others. He can't find a place to lift other people. Um, it, it may be verse 11, and, and I don't want to take any thunder of chapter 4, verse 11. 4, 11, yeah, go for it. Uh, I, I don't know what you planned to do further into this, but we're, we're no, kind of coming closer to the end anyway. So yeah, take it. He says, verse 10, let's start there. But I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again. Wherefore, sorry, wherein ye were also careful, but ye lacked opportunity. You would have cared for me. You would have taken care of me, but I didn't come. I couldn't come. I'm in jail. And you were sad. But then the next verse, not that I speak in respect of want. I'm not, I don't need. And then look at the, next, the, the last part of this is so instructive. For I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. That's so key in these circumstances, right? That I don't have the friend that I want to have. I have a friend who's off the rails right now, right? And, and I don't have that engaged, interacting mm -hmm. conversation that, that is so healthy and so good. I have someone who isn't in their right space. But I can, maybe like the father in the prodigal son, be content to stay home and be grateful for my son that is home with me and still plan a party and still give yeah. freely and still have all the things that that i have and wait and watch that's maybe a key for those who are living contrary to come back and need help yeah. and want want that again in their life i think that's so important but that i can be okay i can be content with whatsoever i have with whatsoever state i am in that i can be content Ooh, pr from prison, he wrote that. <laughs> Paul, by the way. Yep. Holy cow. Wow. I love it. Anything else in Colossians? We were in there a little bit. Is there anything else in there that... Uh, in Colossians or yeah. in Philippians? Colossians. Um, Colossians. Well... There's a lot of good stuff. Anywhere. You take us anywhere. You're, <laughs> oh, okay. you're well, leading us. I know... Can we just do a couple of fun ones? Sure. That uh, maybe are a little bit more silly, but... Yeah. <laughs> if we would just go to Colossians 4, 6. Okay. And maybe nobody thinks this is as funny as I do, okay. but 
Go ahead and read. Go ahead and read it for us. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that ye may know how ye ought to answer every man. This is telling me to be salty. That's right. It? That's right. <laughs> I like that. Seasoned yeah. with salt. And I so appreciate this. This is interesting. I have a son who is, he just is so clever and so witty. It's not uh, one of my skills, not one of uh -huh, my talents, uh -huh. not one of my gifts from God. Uh -huh. But I so appreciate somebody who can, I so appreciate somebody who can come back with a, a quick quib, you know. And, yeah. and apparently Paul is too. That's fun. That's fun. I, I have a cross-reference in there that takes us to um, five, uh, Matthew 5.13, which is back where Christ yeah. was teaching us to be the salt of the earth, right? Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt have lost its savor, Wherewith shall it be salted? It is that's for good for nothing, but to be cast out and to be trodden underfoot of men. I think of salt, and maybe this is a weird abstract way of thinking. I think of salt as a substance that gives food direction. If I eat something unsalty, yeah, that's weird. yeah okay. <laughs> if, if I eat something unsalty, it just kind of lives there. It just lives in my mouth. It's just kind of whatever it is. And it's blah, it's bland. But if I salt that same exact food, it has flavor that gives it a point, that gives it a, oh, mm -hmm. I, know what I'm, I know what I'm tasting. I know, oh, I know what, uh, what else I want with this food, right? And, and maybe there's something in that with being salt, having salt in our speech, because that's what he's talking about in, in verse 6. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt. Have a direction, have a point, yeah. have a... Uh, a saver. Yeah, that uh, I, I like that though. That's good. Yeah, sorry. You, you, you went, I made it you, serious. You went straight to the, the actual <laughs> meaning of what sorry. Paul was happening there. Uh, uh, B. H. Roberts. I have I have a bunch of stuff written in by this. I didn't know I had all these notes. Um, he says worthy questions deserve worthy answers, and uh, not all questions are worthy. And I have that written in there because. What he says after that salty statement, he says, Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that ye may know how ye ought to answer every man. Right? That, that uh, if it's a worthy question, give it a savory answer. Give it something that has, but if it's not, just let it go. Right? That you'd have some point to what you're saying. Yeah. Some direction. Okay, sorry, I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to no, make that it was, serious that and was real. It. That was it. <laughs> that was it. Where else? Okay, well, I just want to take a moment and talk about our bike riding. Oh, okay, great. Yeah. I'm so excited about how this. How many listeners would have to, <laughs> how many listeners would have to say, I support Brother Swenson riding oh, his bike? On the Facebook page? On the Facebook page. How many oh. would have to do it before you would if actually? If we could get 20 people on the Facebook page to say, and I say that because right now, I think there are 20 listeners who have registered for the Facebook page. So if we could get 20 people over any course of time to say... To make reference to you riding the bike. Riding a bike. I, I would ride it. in to work with you one day. One can day. we then post some pictures of you riding your bike <laughs> on the... We will, yeah. If we can get 20 listeners... <laughs> oh, wow. You guys hear that? <laughs> we need 20 of you to support me in getting Brother Swenson to ride his bike to the Institute Someday. with me. I'll have to get like an e-bike that's really fast. <laughs> hey, yeah, no, on the way fair. into the Institute, it's all downhill. Yeah, that's right. So I have to get a ride home. <laughs> Brother Stafford, this has been great. Is there anything you'd like to close with uh, with us here in the scriptures or any, any other Absolutely. comments or questions? If you're going to let uh, me get a last go. word, I have to go to Philippians 4.13. Okay. And just give a brief shout out to my older sister. Basketball was a big thing in my family. And 
they were uh, tearing down our old high school gymnasium and mm. after they had built a, a new one and anyways they had invited back some of the for lack of a better term some of the the legends yeah. and my sister was was one of those and she was invited back and um, she was she's living out she wasn't living in Washington at the time so they, they brought her back from out of state and and uh, they, they gave her an opportunity to speak and talk about her time as a mm. basketball player at, at mm. Auburn High School in Auburn Washington cool and I just love my sister. She says, her, her quote to me was, they're gonna give me an opportunity to talk to everybody. I'm gonna testify of Christ. Hey. <laughs> so she, awesome. she talked about this verse in Philippians 4.13. No kidding. Yeah, and so I'm um, just inspired by her and so grateful that she would do that. And, <laughs> but I just add my testimony to my sisters, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Mm-hmm. You know. It, it's not I can do all things through Christ, which take away all my problems. Yeah. I know that's not true. I know that Christ does sometimes, but He strengthens me to do what it is that He and Father need me to do. Mm. There is no circumstance where that is not true. Yeah. If 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 He needs you to to figure out a relationship and how to repair it, or if he need, whatever it is, He can strengthen you to accomplish anything yeah. in your life. That's who He is. I love that. I love that. Uh, that through him, right, and by him for sure, but through him, through uh, application of him in my life. Uh, I, I'm so glad you touched on that. We would probably have been, I don't know, we probably have gotten in trouble if we didn't touch on that. It's, <laughs> yeah. It was the FSY theme, uh, yeah. theme all summer last summer, yeah. and both of us were session directors, and <laughs> yeah. that we wouldn't have touched on that would have been a little uh, embarrassing. So thank you for that. I love that your sister has that connection to that too. Um, Brother Stafford, and, and for those of you out there, you can tell Brother Stafford and I love each other um, and are grateful uh, for our association together and uh, just grateful now that I get to work with you and, and uh, good luck in your endeavors with your new growing family. Thank you. It's Thank exciting you. and, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to have you back on not too distant future once we get you back to work here. Absolutely. Okay. I love it. Okay. Thanks for your time today. Thank Talk you. Talk to you soon.